Um, today's Bible reading is from Hebrews 11, um, verses 1 to 16. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he was made by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive dis- they did not receive the things promised, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had, to, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Thank you, Pip and Peter and others, and lovely to see you all here, and lovely to also engage with those who are watching at home or in their lounge room or coffee shop or somewhere. I must confess, I still have this warm feeling inside as I think about uh, Tony and Matt and the jokes. That'll probably just resonate with me most of the day. I'll probably go back and listen to those jokes again, then claim some of them as my own and just share them and get the same looks that Tony and Matt probably got from others as they shared them, but they were very, very funny. Uh, we are in this particular series about we must go on, you can see it behind me, and we've got to go on with courage. And every time I try to think about this word courage, what is courage? It's that extra strength that actually gives you the ability, it seems to me, to say yes to something or to say no to something. You actually need courage to say both. Or it gives you that sort of sense that I will get up today no matter what I don't know about today, or dare I say even tomorrow, and I will walk forward trusting in someone else or something else. It's a particular strength that is there. It's a willingness. Maybe other people look at what you do and think, gee, you're weird. 
I do remember many years ago on holidays down south, Batemans Bay, uh, Rhonda, myself, just two of our kids, James and Emma, and there was a karaoke thing happening. And my son, James, about the age of 14, wanted to actually get up and sing. He did invite me to join him. I rightly said, no. Uh, he was keen to sing a song called, and I, this is the sort of song that all the men sing at night when all their kids and wives have gone to bed, I Will Survive uh, by Gloria Gaynor. And also, probably men at night, and I know you'd have to probably watch Seinfeld to do this, probably dance like Elaine danced on Seinfeld, but you've got no, I can't give you that image. If you haven't seen it, I just really can't help you in that way. It's beyond weird for those who get it. Uh, but he got up there uh, and sang, I Will Survive, I can still see it, hear it, and boy, let me tell you, even though he's uh, flesh of my flesh, what a weird child it is to do that. But courage, to do something different, to, to, no matter what others might think, might say, might observe in you. And you see, when we come to this part of Hebrews, chapter 11, look, what can one say about it? I'm speaking on part of it today. Shane is going to speak on more of it next week, and I don't want to steal any of his thunder. But it's a unique chapter in all of, the, of Scripture, and many of us know it well. Many of us hold on to it. It helps us with courage go on. It helps us persevere. It's often called the Great Hall of Faith, as all these saints from days gone by are listed one after another after another. And it's not just, well, look at their faith, but look at how they acted. Look at how they trusted. Look at their lives. And the idea, I think, the writer to Hebrews has it there is to help us all, no matter which generation we're part of, to persevere and to go on with courage and to go on with faith. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you are doing. Lord, help us indeed on this Father's Day. Help us persevere. Help the men indeed have a great insight into who you are and how you call them to live their lives and to love those around them. Father, may it be that we all take heed of the words you had for us in Jesus' name. Amen. And indeed, a happy Father's Day, Grandfather's Day, Great-Grandfather's Day to all those who are here before me or again watching at home. What Hebrews 11 does, it actually challenges us right up front to go on in faith. To go on in faith. It's probably one of the best known chapters uh, of scripture. It's like a parade of faith. I remember many years ago, a writer, Alistair McGrath, an Englishman, he wrote a book uh, called Surrounded by a Great Cloud of Witnesses. He stole the title from chapter 12 of Hebrews. It's a, it's a great read as he speaks about the faith of others. And in the Christian life, one of the things that should stir your heart and to help you move ahead is to actually reflect on the faith of others, either the faith of those around you or by reading God's word and understanding what they went through. And Hebrews 11 has an amazing picture of the tests and trials and temptations and difficulties of others from different generations. And so that's why I probably find it incredibly valuable in this season in our life in 2020 as we experience different things uh, in our own life and there's an element that you see it comes up again and again and again and it's the question of faith so let me ask you this question are you a man or woman a child of faith i'm just letting it hang in the air for a moment and of course, uh, thank you for the response. I know in your hearts you're responding, well, Ian, it might depend on what you mean by faith. 
So thank you so much for responding in that way and asking. I anticipated that question and that response, so I've thought through how I could answer that by looking at, uh, of course, Hebrews uh, 11. You see, uh, the philosopher Henry David Thoreau said once, if I seem to walk out of step with others, it's because I'm listening to another drumbeat. Men and women of faith listen to another drumbeat. And often when you see them, you'll think to yourself, they don't seem to walk as I walk. They walk differently. They act differently. And I'm not just talking about people who go to church or get busy in life. These are men and women who understand what it means to have faith. And I'll get a moment in two to explain faith in who. But it's like we do walk to a different drumbeat. Hebrews 11 is all about men and women walking to a different drumbeat. So because of your response, let me try and help you understand what faith is not. Historically, I think this is how people in days gone by tried to help people understand what faith was by saying what it's not. Uh, Faith, for instance, is not positive thinking. I'm an optimist. Actually, I am an optimist. I just things will get better. No, that's not faith. Faith is not sort of, oh, I've got a hunch that I'll just follow this. No, it's not like that either. Faith is not hoping for the best. Uh, it'll, it'll just be all right. It, you know, I'm being diagnosed or someone gets diagnosed with cancer. It'll just work itself out. Faith is not like that sort of hunch. Faith is not this feeling inside, this warm, fuzzy, fuzzy feeling. You can indeed have a warm, fuzzy feeling. But it's not just about a fuzzy feeling of optimism. It's actually based on something and based in someone. Faith is none of those things and the men and women from Hebrews 11 don't have that sort of faith. And for those of you who like old movies and indeed the actor Steve Martin had a movie once called A Leap of Faith. Faith is not a leap of faith into the dark without knowledge or understanding. It's not like that either. So then what is faith? Well the first seven verses of chapter 11 of Hebrews actually sets it out and not just sets it out beautifully helps us understand what it means to have faith what faith is and what you do with this sort of faith and the author of Hebrews is not just discussing faith in general but specifically faith in God that is his focus and so he has this sense of writing about the ingredients of faith that we see and he understands and we, you understand as you get, there's a demonstration of faith. So look at verse, it's on the screen, verses 1 and 6. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not, about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And again in verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, I love this, anyone who comes to him, what? Must believe he exists wow and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him i wonder whether you pick that up as pip read those words to us today but whatever you think of this part of scripture whatever you understand by this part of scripture understand right throughout over 30 verses in chapter 11 there are two words that keep being repeated again and again and again and you know the words by faith by faith by faith By faith, Abraham did something. By faith, Moses acted. By faith, Noah did this. By faith, Jacob, again and again. By faith, by faith. It is there, clear for everyone. That's why it's encouraged so many people for such a long time. And it's ramming home the message loud and clear that if you want to walk with God, you have to become men and women 
or children of faith. And I love the fact that uh, Ruth and Greg and the band help us sing a people of God. If we are a people of God, then we are a people of faith. That's the key aspect of this. And it's a pattern that really affects our daily life. And I'm really thankful for Langdon's word last week as he reminded us about the lettuces. I hope those who watched have, every time you've gone and had some lettuce this week, you've been reminding yourself about the reality of the lettuces, the let us draw near, have hope. And as you get to the end of chapter 10 of Hebrews, you actually get to understand why faith is important. We read these words from chapter 10, verse 35. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. And then on to verse 38. And, but my righteous one will live by faith. Isn't it great to actually think that there's the quote from Habakkuk chapter 2, which we looked at only a little while ago. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And, you know, all of us are now thinking about all our training in evangelism and training in EE and jumping back to Ephesians 2. Praise the Lord for such programs. And you're thinking, but it's, you know, how am I saved? It's by grace. But there's a word, isn't there? But through uh, faith. And note how you read these words and note what comes up because there's a sense as you read Hebrews 10 11 that faith begins with hope. Hope has to be there. Things hoped for. So when I think about things hoped for, it's like it starts with this sense of discontent. I wonder how many of you in 2020 are discontent about this year or circumstances, or things that have happened, or things that haven't happened. I'm sure many of our HSC students, as they think about how the heck this year is going to end, and what they can or can't do, have a great sense of, oh, how many things in this life that, we've, that I take for granted, and yet has not, have not happened this year. Just like simply gathering normally. And so there's things hopeful, there's a sense of dissatisfaction. And without maybe a sense of, I'm not happy with the circumstances, I'm not happy with this life, I'm not happy with the world I'm living in. And maybe this is a word straight to men today. And so men, if you're uh, sitting before me, which you are, or sitting at home, don't get up now and walk out. Uh, and wives, if you're watching this at home and you're sitting next to your husband, either it's today or later, tomorrow, tonight, don't nudge them either to say, look, now you need to hear this, that wouldn't be helpful either. But I wonder, men, if I'd say this today because it's Father's Day 2020, are you content with your life or are you working harder and harder to make something of whatever it is or have you started to realize look you know what this year COVID has taught me is if I keep going down this path I'm going to be more and more dissatisfied with what I have and so that can lead you to a place a helpful place indeed where you can exercise faith are you looking for something better are you thinking about that there's something better you see, and that's when you get, and Langdon picked it up last week, you start to draw near to God. You know, are we satisfied with all that we have in our life and a spiritual dimension? Verse 1 and 3 again, you see it now. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Verse 3, by faith we understand 
that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. It means that we start to become aware, faith helps you start to become aware that there is another dimension, another world, another world that's beyond what I can see with my eyes. An unseen world, a spiritual world, a spiritual kingdom. Uh, something that I can't explain. How would you explain your love for your child or your wife or your husband? There's this sense that there's more than what I can see. And, and we see that really in the, in the wonderful teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ when he speaks of his heavenly father and how they are one together. And how when you see Jesus, you see the Son and you see the Father. And even in, in John 14, which many of you know, and the way he speaks about heaven and the fact that there are many rooms and, and my Father, there's a place for us who trust in him. You see, when you think of the world and when the writer of Hebrews thinks of the world he's in and thinks of the, the faith of others, he doesn't see the universe as an impersonal machine just with big grinding wheels going on and on and on. It's not like that. And he doesn't sort of look at it through a scientific eye necessarily. He sees an invisible spiritual world that's happening. It's that, isn't that a great phrase, verse 6? He who comes to God must believe that he exists. It's just like, yeah. How can you come to God if you don't believe he's there? It's just an impossibility. And there are some who might say things like, well, that's the hard part, you know, trying to think that, wow, is he there? I don't, I'm not convinced of that argument. I don't know that it's the hardest thing is to sort of believe he's not there. I think as I live in the Illawarra, as many of those who are here today do and others uh, as well, is that I think it's much harder to believe he does, he's not there. When I look at the world I live in and the beach and the mountains and the environment and people and everything else, I think, look, there's more than what we see. You know, that's why it seems to me, you know, and good on Jenny. I just want to put a shout out to Jenny and the team because they've sent all these Father's Day packs out to all the families. Well done, guys, and well done, the volunteers. But I think that's why the kids don't have such a big problem in thinking that God exists. I think they get it. It's adults who struggle more. I love the story of the teacher in a class. Several children are given the task to draw a picture of whatever they like. She walks up to the first child, Isabella, and says, Isabella, what are you drawing? And Isabella responds, I'm drawing a picture of our farm. She walks over to the next little boy, Isaac, and says, Isaac, what are you drawing? And Isaac stops, I'm drawing a picture of our holiday with all the boats and the water that were there. Oh, that's wonderful. She walks over to the third little child, Matilda, and says, Matilda, what are you drawing? And Matilda says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher says, oh, Matilda. No one has seen God. You can't draw a picture of God. And Matilda responds, that's okay. If you come back in a minute, you'll soon see what he looks like. Wise little girl. You see, we, we, we know God. I know God exists because I see Jesus. And as I see Jesus, I see God the Father. And, and that's, that's faith. The assurance of things hoped for. And we haven't got time today to talk about that word assurance and what that means because many of us have it and many of us don't have that assurance of things hoped for that I know there is a future. And that's the assurance of things hoped for. That things you're, you're longing to have. Uh, 
you know that it's because of revelation of the things that were unseen that we now can see. Be assurance, substance, firmness, confidence in a proof. And understand faith anticipates the future. It does anticipate the future. It never, my faith never places as much as sometimes it's a temptation and it's hard. It never just places my future on what I see. Nor should you just place your future or your life on what you see. And all that follows is such a wonderful picture about how we must go on in faith. Even that verse 3, by faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command. It's taking you back to Genesis. So that what was seen was made of that which was not, which was not there, was visible. And it helps us recognise again and again the fact that there was more to this world. And please understand, faith does deal with facts. It's called knowledge. You know, when Rhonda and I were dated back in the 1920s, um, it, it's like we started, I started to get to know her. I started to understand her, what she likes, what she didn't like. And through that knowledge, guess what? I don't tell her in case she's here, which she is. I fell in love. It's through knowledge that I actually made the next decision. You need knowledge when it comes to faith. It's not as if oh, I was just a leap, I'll just jump off the stage. And when I jump off the stage, I should be right because Shane Dukes will run over and save me. Faith is grounded in facts. Science cannot tell me how I feel. Science cannot tell me how human history is going to end. Look, science can't even tell me what's wrong with the human spirit. And there are things wrong with the human spirit. And even watching the news this morning, I'm troubled again and again by what I see, by what people do. Science cannot tell me about why am I wired up like this? Can it tell you why you're wired up like that? Why you like what you like? Why you dislike what you dislike? Can science tell you that? No, we go on with action. We go on in faith. And here the writer unfolds and speaks about the action from verse 4 to 12. And I'm going to work hard at not stealing any of Shane's thunder from next week because chapter 11 is so big and so wide. Let me ask you a question again in case you haven't answered it yet. And just in case the person sitting next to you or even at home wants to answer it for you, are you a man or woman of faith or a child of faith? Have you ever answered that question? Look at the illustrations that are provided. Verse 4, by faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith Abel still speaks even though he's dead. His message continues. Here are the world's first brothers, sons of Adam and Eve. They lived when the world was young. There was no smog, no COVID, no income tax, no clogged roads, no problems to struggle with or deal with probably. Yet despite all that was going on in their world, they longed for something better. They longed for something better. No matter how good life was for them, they wanted something more. And both had been told how to approach God. Both had been told the best way to approach God. But Cain chose to believe a lie. And he thought, well, one way is as good as another. He took the way that was easiest for him, sadly. But Abel believed God. And indeed, the way God had outlined for him. And he understood, Abel understood how to approach God. 
Let's go further. Enoch, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, what? It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Uh, And there's only two people in all of Scripture that didn't die. And in Genesis, uh, we're told that for 65 years, Enoch lived like anyone else. No day was different from any other. Ignored God, did what he liked. But at the age of 65, something dramatically happened to him. It's not that he got his pension, not that he could finally retire. The record says that he actually walked with God. He met God. And began to enjoy a presence with the unseen God. And this started to change his life. And when he did that, he discovered a new reality, a greater reality. Just as you today, men and women, might discover, if you decide to put your faith in Jesus Christ, you might discover a new reality. Yes, and according to the record, he never died. I love the way another little Sunday school girl tells it. She said, Enoch was a man who learned to walk with God. And they used to take long walks together. One day, they walked so far that God turned to Enoch and said, we've gone so far, let's just go home and continue on. I love that. I love that picture because uh, I think when my time is up, I just like the picture I have in my head is that our Lord wrapping his arms around me and just saying, Ian, you've come this far, you've lived this long, let's go home together. I love that picture. And Enoch discovered it only by faith. By faith. And how much can I say about Noah? Go and watch the movie. What a character. By faith, Noah went, warned about things not yet seen. I love this, don't you? In holy fear, what did he do? He built a hole in the ground and put his head in it. I don't think it says that. In holy fear, what? He built an ark. To save his family. By faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is keeping, uh, in keeping with faith. Noah believed that God was in control of history. Noah had this sense of if God said it, I'll do it. Wow. And of all the things, you know, he li- Noah lived hundreds of miles away from the nearest ocean. He's going to build this thing, what's a thousand times too big for his family. Can you imagine when you're walking by faith what others would say to you along the way? Are you an idiot? Are you, what, what are you Can you imagine the moment-by-moment moment ridicule, the moment-by-moment moment text messages, the moment-by-moment moment emails? What are you doing? And yet he did what? He continued by faith to build, a God, build an ark because God had told him to. He went right ahead and did it. Wow. <sighs> This is what faith is, one writer said. Faith is believing there is another dimension to life other than those which can be touched, tasted, seen and felt. There is more to life than that. It's called knowledge. A faith believes that God in his grace, Ephesians 2, has stepped over the boundary into human history and told us some great and very valuable facts. Other writers say you've got knowledge and assent because you act on it and then there's finally trust. Faith believes them and adjusts its life now in light of what you know, in light of what your action is. 
And the world does not understand that. And if you're a man or woman or child of faith, you need to understand that the world will not understand your actions. I love a, a commentary wrote about <laughs> these men and women. And uh, I just took a copy of the page. You know, We might get carried away with these great heroes of faith, he said. Understand this, Abraham lied about Sarah, Isaac lied about Rebekah, uh, Jacob was a deceiver, Moses committed murder, the people of Israel were a bunch of ungrateful grumblers, Gideon, uh, a doubter, David, an adulterer. And he's starting to think, wow, if I analysed all these people in chapter 11, why, why would I want to model them? Except the truth is, they were not perfect. They lived their life daily in light of God's uh, grace towards them. They had faith. They were searching. They never arrived at some perfection point. They were broken men and women. Um, you know, do you have that same knowledge and assent? Have you ever committed yourself to knowing the Lord Jesus Christ in that way? One writer said, The future, I love this phrase, is an imponderable enigma. To those without faith, anything can happen. And anything does happen. And when anything does happen, what it does for us in this human life we live, our anxiety and our fear can grow and grow and grow. Faith seizes upon any event or activity and helps us understand that God is in this. Faith gives us a goal, a purpose, a life, a destination. Faith is not passive. Uh, look, and I praise the Lord for our former Archbishop, Harry Goodfew. Faith is dynamic. Way to go, Harry, if you're watching today. We are dynamic Anglicans. Faith is dynamic. It's forceful. It's, it's not some weak-willed thing. And men, we need to understand that. And we need to model it for our, our wives, our marriages, our kids. We need to make sure we demonstrate what it means to act in faith. And when others need to see that even when it's tough, let alone what can I say about Abraham and I know Shane's going to pick that up next week. Verse 8, by faith Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went. I love this, even though he did not know where he was going. You know, I'm reading these things out and speaking this morning like, are these people just mad? No, they're men and women of faith. You know, here is a, a man who left home. He went on board. He did not go on uh, Stay Plus. He didn't organise any advanced accommodation. He went on a march without a map, leaving his friends and his influence behind. He trusted in God's word. He trusted that God knew what he was doing. He was sitting there uh, back in the desert with his iPhone and his Bluetooth device, playing Homeward Bound by Paul Simon. No, he wasn't doing any of that because he didn't have a, an iPhone or a Bluetooth device and he'd never heard of Paul Simon. Uh, and he'd never heard of the song Homeward Bound as Paul Simon sings Homeward Bound. I wish I was Homeward Bound, home where my thoughts escape, home where my music's playing. He had no idea of anything. And he trusted God. And let me tell you how real this is because my dear wife Rhonda and I know this feeling right now because we've been working on our house in Sydney, getting ready to sell it. And we're getting people, lots of people are asking us, Ian, what are you doing when you retire? Ian, where are you going when you retire? What tent or caravan park are you going to live in when you retire? I've got no idea. We have some ideas, but I don't know. Does that give us moments of prayer? It does, darling, doesn't it? Does that give us moments of what does tomorrow bring? I don't know. 
But I'll still act in faith. I'll still move ahead. I'll still trust that, well, God knows. He knows where we'll end up. He knows. He's, in fact, already working out a place for us. It's a personal thing. It's not just some abstract view of life. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Abraham was looking for another place, another day. Rhonda and I know we've moved that many times in our married life. Gee, what's another move? We know this life is not the end. We know there is another place, another future, another destination. Just like Abraham, you see, the most striking quality, it seems to me, in Hebrews 11 of faith is that faith, faith dares. Faith has you act in a way that others will never understand. And they'll be surprised at it. It's just the story of Abraham and Sarah. You know, and you know that story. You know, both past childbearing age. They're not young like others on the stage today. And they could, it's not possible that Sarah could have a child. And yet, and yet she did. Faith trusting in God. And so we go on no matter the outcome. And Shane will pick up much more of this next week. We go on no matter the outcome because faith dares and helps us. Verse 13, all these people were still living by faith and they died. They did not receive the things promised. Understand this, brothers and sisters. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would, not, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. These men and women of faith are looking more than just for personal satisfaction, personal gain. They're looking for something more. Are you looking for something more in this life? What have you really learnt from this year? Let me be bold enough to say this as I keep pondering it daily. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful you've given us this year. I've learnt so much more about myself, about you, about life, about church, about the gospel, about everything that I would not have learnt in my last year of full-time ministry if you had not brought this season in. And I write it down in my journal. What, what do you? I do not in any way, shape or form somehow think, oh, woe is me, what a year. No. I think back, I look at this verse and through the lens of that and I think of all the saints we think about from, wow, Enoch and, and Jacob and Moses and Abraham and Noah. And I realise that we go on together and we are truly surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses because we go on together. And like Acts, the story of the church continues on. And like Hebrews 11, one day our name too in the heavenly realm, we added to Hebrews 11 as they talk about others who've gone before us, others who stood the test of time and persevered all through faith. And it starts with hope, an awareness of something, someone else, an awareness that there is a God, an awareness that we can know this God in the person of Jesus that we can have a secure future in him. Faith is incredibly practical. It goes from knowledge to assent, to trust. The unseen God 
is seen in Jesus. Men and women listening today in my presence of fig tree, men and women at home, do you see the unseen God in Jesus? Have you placed your faith and trust in the unseen God in Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you made a decision this year with all that's gone on? There is more to this life than what I see. May it be that when the question is asked of you, are you a man or woman or child of faith? Do you say it firmly and strongly? Absolutely. Because I trust in Jesus Christ. Amen.